State Shifters Podcast, episode 17 with Rebecca Lester. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the State Shifters Podcast. My name is Jordan Cowlish and this podcast is designed to inspire you to connect with yourself so you can live a life of passion and purpose. And in this episode, I've got a very good friend and a colleague. Her name is Rebecca Lester. Uh, We work together at Soul7 here in Toronto. And Rebecca is the lead practitioner at Soul7. So the lead practitioner actually deals one-on-one with most of our clients that come through who are looking for frequency therapy. And Rebecca has such a diverse background in this field of work, uh, which is why I've been so intrigued and interested in in being around her because I'm learning so much uh, around the field of energy, the energy healing uh, and different energy modalities. Uh, Rebecca is a Reiki master. She's a Kundalini yoga teacher. She has traveled the world on a budget. She has explored so many different fields of conscious awareness, expanding one's mind through quantum mechanics and spirituality and science. And I'm always learning when I'm around Beck, so that's why I wanted to bring her onto the show so we can share her wisdom with the world and you can get a little bit of an insight into what it takes to to tune into your own energy and start to raise your own vibration. So we talk about her experience traveling, how to connect with the earth's energy and why that's important. Uh, and also we cover the PMF therapy, what we actually use at Soul7, how it works. Uh, and also how to ask the universe for what you want. So setting intentions and how that's different from goal setting. So without further ado, here is Rebecca Lester. Okay, Rebecca Lester, welcome to the Stage Shifters podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yes, we are coming to you live from the Soul 7 Clinic here in Yorkville, Toronto. And we've been working together for probably the past 10 months, I'd say. I started in November last year. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. It's going quick. Time has snuck up. Okay. Very quick. <laughs> and it's a Friday afternoon and we're going to sit down and have a conversation because I've been excited to bring you on to this podcast because I have learned so much from you. Mm. And that's why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to share all these amazing people that I get to meet and learn from mm. and put that information out into the world. So excited to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Amazing. Thanks, George. Thanks yeah. for having me here. It's, oh. uh, it's my Absolute pleasure and honor. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> uh, so you've been working at Soul7 for about a year and a half, is that correct? You were here for probably about six months mm, before two, me. About two years now. Two yeah, years. two years uh, probably this week, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want to give the listeners, I want to rewind back to the start and how this journey kind of started for you because I know for a lot of people, uh, for especially me, my journey was more of a, I would say, I ventured down a path that what didn't necessarily align with uh, where my heart was calling me to go. So I had to go through a lengthy process to, uh, I guess, readjust the direction I was heading in life. So it was, a, it was more of a gradual mm-hmm. uh, awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was it for you? Was this, was this something you've always been interested in or was there a moment in time where you were like, yeah, I so adjust? I think, I mean... <laughs> My mom always talks about me when I was like three years old at the doctor's office, like asking like every single question, you know, just wanting to know more about the human body and how everything's working and being just so interested in, in all of it. Um, and I, I probably it started, I think it really started when I, when I first started going to my naturopath when I was around 12 years old. I was experiencing a lot of digestion issues and, um, you know, just a bunch of not fun stuff. And, and she, a big part of naturopathy is, is teaching um, and, and not just telling, you know, your patient, um, take this and you'll be good, but actually teaching the patient why, you know, things are going on and, and what it's doing to the body and, and, and how, you know, all the different ways of being able to prevent that. Um, and it's a lot more holistic and, and looking at your diet and lifestyle and, and things you can change. So that really opened my eyes up pretty at a pretty young age at 
you know, how the body works on more of a fundamental level and, and what I can do on a personal level to, you know, have these major effects. I think a lot of people don't even realize that it's in their control, um, to have, you know, to be able to, um, change, um, your lifestyle and, and your, your health. Um, it's, it's, it's the, the practice of naturopathy brings it back to the patient and, and it puts them in control, which I think is a really important factor in anyone's health and well-being. Um, so that started at a pretty young age. And, you know, my, my mom being inspired with this naturopath as well, we started buying all these technologies. So I grew up in a house with um, photon therapy and PEMF and a whole whack of different stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I'd come home from school and I mean, I have cramps one day or a headache or I felt sad and my mom would put me on one of these mats or pads or whatever frequency technology she had. And that was really normal for me. Um, and I, I quite honestly thought that was it was normal for everyone for a long time um, until I was probably probably in high school or middle school when a you know, friend would come over and be like, What's you know, on, yeah. what on earth is happening in this house? Like, this is weird. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't have one of these? <laughs> and, um, you know, they were looking for the Tylenol and, and the Advil. And it's not like we were against it. We had, you know, we had that too. But we just had um, other modalities as well for, for, for different things. Um, so I think that kind of set me on a path of, of, really looking at our healthcare system from a pretty young age um, and, and questioning it and questioning, you know, why does my, my GP, why don't they know about these modalities? Why don't they ever ask me the same questions as my naturopath? And why do I have two? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Why am I going for one for, you know, my shots and one for, mm. um, you know, more holistic. And it just kind of seemed really twisted. Um, that I even had to go to two people. I was, and I always hated going to my doctor. It was just such a pain in the ass. And I always was so excited to go to my naturopath. It was like Ooh. an exciting day. You yeah. know? <laughs> I look forward to it in my calendar from the time I was you know, little um, because it was just so pleasurable talking to her. And it was, it was a learning experience. And I would soak up everything she was saying. Um, so you know, by the time I got into high school, I became really, really interested in frequency. I don't know, to be honest, I can't, I don't even know where it started, but I was obsessed with frequency and, and, and music, um, specifically and in, in color and how it affects, um, mostly the brain I was really interested in and, and how it affects, um, your health. And I even, I, my, my project, I, we had this, um, I did the IB program in school and we had this, um, this big extended essay. It was like a, a million page essay. Um, that took us, I think, two years to write, and mine was focused on music in the brain cool. and how music affects the brain. And I was I was fascinated with it, and that's when I started really getting even more interested in frequency and and clearly health. Um, <laughs> and it was a really cool project. I learned a lot, and I eventually went out to university thinking I was going to become a doctor, um, and got totally flipped around. And started, you know, studying something totally different as how that happens. I was, you know, started studying, studying sustainability and, um, but, you know, I was, I'd go to study for my exams in, in environmental science and whatnot. And I remember being at cafes and seeing a book on human anatomy um, or a poster um, for a Reiki course or, you know, something like that would catch my eye all the time. And all of a sudden I was totally deviated, like going through a textbook on the body or <laughs> signing up for some kind of energy healing course to learn more and and get um, certified in something. So I, I did end up starting to study Reiki, I think in my first year of university. Um, I did my level one and then went on to do more levels of Reiki, which eventually led me to um, becoming really interested in energy psychology. And I was helping out with um, the energy psychology conferences every year in Toronto and, and learning a lot from these, you know, incredible um, psychologists and healers about, you know, energy work. And, and that's when I first heard about biofeedback um, and a lot of techniques that we actually use at Soul7. Um, and I, I found them, you know, mind-boggling and, and beautiful I remember <laughs> I used to go to this music festival every summer out in BC and I remember um 
one year I went to the music festival and then I came back to help out with the energy psychology conference. I remember after the conference, I said, oh my God, this was better than this like giant music festival, <laughs> really, which is really funny because I, it really gave me a minute to like check. <laughs> like, okay, this is clearly something I'm into. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And then I went on and uh, I lived in Washington state for a bit and I studied um, energy, um, uh, shamanic energy medicine, um, which was really intense. Um, I studied with an amazing shaman um, who passed away a couple years later. Um, but he, um, his name's Stephen, and he he really taught us a lot about um, indigenous medicine um, and 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 how to work in community to um, support people's health and well being. And it was quite an epic journey working with him um, and learning how to use. Um, how to connect with nature on a deeper level to um, support the body's natural ability to heal. Um, and that opened my eyes up to, you know, the best way to say is just a lot of magic, mm. um, a lot of magic. And um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was spectacular. And within that same time, I studied a little bit with um, an, a psychic intuitive. So that was pretty fun. And, and then eventually, long story short, I ended up at Soul 7 and it was quite the perfect match because I already knew a lot about um, technology and, and wellness and, and healing and um, I was more interested in learning more and it was kind of a uh, yeah perfect fit. And during this time that you found so you went to university and you studied and it was kind of during that time you, you noticed there was an inclination or an urge to pursue more of the frequency and energy healing you finished your degree, right? And then yeah. and then decided this is kind of the direction I wanted to go when you came mm. to Soul 7? I, well, I, I ended up, so I started my degree in sustainability. Right. And then I took a year off um, and then decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do and I wanted to pursue the arts. And I eventually went to finish my degree studying music performance and fine art. Mm. And so my degree is actually sustainability and in, in the arts. <laughs> Um, so, and I, I, I don't, it took me a while to make that decision of, I want to go back into health and wellness, even though it was always something that was there. Cause I've, I've just kind of been someone who's been interested in like a lot of things. Um, but I do remember the summer before, um, getting my, getting the job at soul seven, I was, I, you know, I took a lot of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't so clear for me always just cause I have, I just have that personality that I'm just so interested in so many things. So it was never just, and still isn't some days, you know, that if this isn't my path and this is what I need to do. It's kind of, I, I did make a conscious decision. I remember in July, I said, no, what I'm going to go after health and wellness and see how that goes. And I, I think I got the job like a week later um, as soon as I made that decision, but it did take a little bit of time. So it was never, for me, it's never been that clear. Yeah. And I, one thing that stands out is, is you, you took that year off. And I think for a lot of people, including me, it's very difficult coming out of school uh, and knowing exactly what you want to pursue because the university degree, it's sometimes three to four year commitment. And I know I wasn't in a place at that age to make that kind of commitment. Mm -hmm. And how important was that year off for you and what, and what did you do during that time to try and connect with yourself and find out? Well, so I, I think I always had in my head that I wanted to take year three off. Um, my dad did it and I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was, I think somewhere, either subconsciously or maybe somewhat consciously, I always wanted to do that. Um, and then I think I really realized I needed to do it um, when... Um, I, I really did not, what, what, what really happened at university is that because I was studying sustainability and international development and I'm such a sensitive person, it was starting to really burden on me going into these, um, lectures every day, you know, a couple of times a day learning about, you know, how the world's fucked up and how we're falling apart. And it was quite daunting. Yeah. Um, and I was warned that going into the degree and I kind of said, no, nah, it's fine. I'll be good. Um, so I, I, I definitely knew that I needed to just take a break from it because it was really taking a toll on, on my mental health. Um, and I couldn't do it anymore. And that's when I kind of found art and music and, and healing, um, 
to be really helpful in dealing with that and coping with that. Um, so during my year off, um, I started out in uh, Barcelona. Um, I was fascinating in um, the, the idea of traveling with no money. Um, and this, I, I was, I, I had this like need to find trust in something greater than myself. Um, and I really put myself out there. Like now looking back, like sometimes I think I was really stupid um, of just doing that. Like I'm a complete idiot going around the world just with very little money and a backpack and just, you know, hoping it will all be okay. But I was in a very spiritual place and in a really deep sense of, of trust in, in the universe that will guide me to where I need to be. Um, and it sometimes still sounds crazy when I say it out loud. Um, especially now when I'm in a bit of a different place, but not really. <laughs> um, but I, I just needed to find that on a deep level. And I, I know I, I even remember telling my mom before I left, I was like, I don't think I'm going to bring my cell phone. And she pretty much freaked out at me. It's <laughs> like, at least please, just for the sake of my well-being, you need to, <laughs> you need to bring your cell phone. Um, you don't need to check in every day, but I need to, you need to have that. Um, but I, I really did. I, I, I traveled around um, Barcelona, south of France, down through Italy, um, you know, hitchhiking and meeting people who took me into their homes and fed me. And um, it's silly because, you know, I could have easily, um, you know, saved up and, and worked to have, you know, a good amount of money to have a beautiful experience and plan it all out. But that's not where I was or what I was looking for. I was I was, I was on a pilgrimage. Um, <laughs> I really was of, of, you know, finding something greater than myself. Um, and I ended up back in Canada and going from the East coast of Canada all the way to the West coast and then all the way down, um, to the South to, um, California, um, all, you know, with pretty much zero dollars, um, or very little, um, traveling with a hammock and, um, living, you know, living, living in the woods or when people would have me in their home, um, showering in the lake, um, doing a lot of, uh, what's called dumpster diving, <laughs> <laughs> um, and meeting the right people at the right time who just showed me new ways of being and, and foraging. I learned a lot about, um, about, yeah, a little bit about foraging and, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it was pretty magical, the, the people that I ended up meeting on my journey and, and where it took me. Um, yeah, it was, it was really special. I'll never do it again, but it was really <laughs> special. <laughs> I mean, if someone's listening and they, and they're after that sort of connection, they're, they're in, stuck in a place maybe where they're looking to connect with something greater than themselves. Um, and I've always been a big advocate for traveling. I've never recommended go off and do it because I've never done it like that, but that's an amazing thing to do. And would you recommend someone do that if they're in a place where they're just, they're unsure that maybe they're thinking about taking a year off from their studies or from their job? Um, that dive into the unknown. And I had a conversation with Bob Berman, the founder of Soul7 yesterday about that with travel. When you go off and you don't plan anything and you had no money. So clearly you've taken another level deeper there. Yeah, very. Little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's training the mind to be okay with not knowing and having faith and trust in something greater than yourself. And clearly it, it worked out and it always does work out. Um, how would you, I guess, what advice would you give to someone who, who's thinking about something like that? Um, do you just say, take the leap and, and go and, or is it something that you need to work up towards? Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about it for probably, probably about a, a year or so before that. And, and I was, I kept thinking more and more about how I wanted to do this and it became more and more evident that it was just became more, I guess, more important to me to do something like this. Um, and I ended up meeting the right people who taught me, you know, little things like dumpster diving and, and, you know, where to sleep at night and how to, you know, keep yourself safe. Um, that I, you know, it was still terrifying. I remember, especially in Europe, when I was going, coming into a new city or town that I didn't know, I was always pretty terrified that, hey, this might not work out. Like, where am I going to sleep tonight? Um, uh, like, you know, I, I, I always had, like, I think I had a, a visa card with me, like, worst case scenario kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think I ever used it. Um, I never ended up needing to. Um, but 
yeah, it was definitely, you know, I remember the first night I, I slept in a park um, in, I think it was in South of France somewhere in a small town. I was terrified because I didn't, I really didn't know much about the city. Like it's not, you know, thinking back on it, like I, I don't know if I'd recommend it. It's not a smart thing to do, you know, you don't, and you don't need to be so extreme to get that sense of um, deep connection and trust. Like you don't, you don't need to go that far. Um, it's really not necessary. And I, I realized that um, later on in my life um, that I did not, I didn't need to do that. You know, that was a very extreme way of attaining that deeper connection um, that it's, it's so not necessary. So if you can skip that stage, you know, like skip it, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's cool and it's fun and it's, it's you know, I have some great stories and stuff, but um, you know, it's also, you know, fairly dangerous at the same time. Um, and really idiotic. But it was something that I at the time really needed to do for whatever reason. It was just there I get um I guess that's part of my personality. I just get these um these urges sometimes and it was it did feel like it was um something beyond me um pushing me to do it. Um but I don't know. Or it was just me feeling pretty wild and Ready for an adventure. I don't know. <laughs> I guess if someone's feeling the urge to do that, then and that's what their heart wants to do, then like what you did, maybe they should do it and yeah. learn something from it. And yeah. I mean, I'm all, I always will encourage people to travel. You mm. know, I know a lot of people are always worried about traveling and a lot of people will say they don't have enough money and, you know, that's not true. You know, you can Agreed. always find a way to travel without money. There's hundreds and thousands of different websites and ways to do it. I used to... Um, I used to woof a lot, which is working on organic farms in exchange for um, food and, and a place to stay. Um, there's lots of great programs where you can work abroad. Um, there's never, there's, honestly, there's never an excuse of I don't have the money to travel because I promise you, you can, you'll figure it out. If there's a will, there's a way. Um, maybe you don't have the money to travel lavishly. Um, fine. But if, you know, if you want to travel and you're feeling that in your soul that you need to travel, you need to travel because there's something um, that you're seeking for um, with probably within yourself. But, you know, sometimes it just takes being in different environments and surroundings to find that. So I, I always will encourage, you know, every, anyone who's kind of, you know, on the edge thinking about mm. it, should I travel? Should I, you know, go on this little adventure? I'm kind of nervous. I've never done anything like this. And I will always say yes, especially traveling like on your own there's nothing like it what you learn when you're traveling on your own um is just you know you you learn so much about yourself and i know people in their you know 50s or 60s who've never who've never done that um and i think it's just so important on on personal development to do that it's the things that you learn you can't learn anywhere else so yeah that resonates with me so much because you know my story and people listening obviously know my story it was I had that urge as well and for so for so long probably like six months I was ignoring it out of fear mm-hmm. uh, out of fear that I wasn't going to get make enough money if I left my job yeah but there was just this underlying urge that I just wanted to travel I just wanted to explore yeah. um, and the minute I acknowledged that and followed that came out here to Toronto all these amazing opportunities opened up and yeah you're so right I think if anyone has that urge no matter if you're in a job that doesn't align with you and you just you just want to travel and go somewhere I think they should follow it because yeah. when you do that, you step into this like higher version of yourself and you just start to attract amazing things. Yeah. Um, there's one thing you mentioned in, in that conversation that I want to bring up because you said you worked at a lot of organic farms mm-hmm. and I know right now you're volunteering at an organic farm. Yeah. Why, why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it started when I was studying sustainability, um, my undergrad. I was really interested in does come back to health, but I was really interested in our food system um, and how it impacts us on a personal level and on um, an economic level, on a social level. Um, and, and the impact of our food system right now um, is pretty monumental um, environmentally and, and in terms of health. So I became pretty fascinated with learning more about um, the organic, organic food Um, I thought that, you know, I still do believe that we need to be eating food with way less pesticides and way less um, um, crap in it. (laughs) Um, And one of the ways to do that is just going back to the basics and learning 
um, how to grow your own food. Um, I think if more people were able to have access to spaces where they can grow their own food um, and, you know, create um, more of a connection with the food and where it comes from, a lot of people have no idea what a tomato plant looks like. So I don't know, it, it just like it became very clear to me that I wanted to know more about where my food comes from. Um, and then it kind of ended up creating um, for myself a deeper connection with nature. Um, I loved being, and I still love putting my feet barefoot on the earth. I love going you know, to the farm and, and watering the plants. I feel like I'm doing something, um, I don't know, really special. And it just, it, it, it brings me back into what Bob likes to call coherence. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings me back into, into a state of balance. I can feel my, my whole nervous system shifts as soon as I put my feet on that earth. Um, and then even farther when I'm, you know, tailoring uh, to the plants. Um, I, I feel really um, in line and in tune. Um, yeah, it's really special. Yeah, I did yeah. that today, actually. I was at Trinity Bellwoods Park, big, mm-hmm. beautiful park here in Toronto. And I took my shoes off and, and connected my feet with the earth. And I remember you were telling me about that because it's something very grounding and there's an energetic exchange that goes on there when we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, do you mind explaining exactly what happens when we do that? Yeah. So the, the, the technical term for that <laughs> is called earthing. Yeah. Um, I actually learned the most about it from one of our clients here who has um, terrible uh, arthritis um, and, and, and pain that goes uh, kind of like a sciatica pain that goes up and down his legs. Um, and he has been trying everything, um, to help with the pain. And, you know, the, in our, in our medical system, there's not a lot we can do for sciatica. Um, there's, you know, they can go on painkillers essentially. And, you know, the more intense the pain gets, the more intense the, the medication gets, which he didn't really want to do. Um, and so he's been looking for alternatives to that. And he actually, I think Bob suggested earthing and he started researching more about it. Um, and essentially all that it is, is, you know, the, the earth revolves on, you know, a magnetic field, right? It's 7.83 hertz. Um, and humans are, we need to be connected to that energetic field. We're energetic beings. So the first time that we really realized that was when we first sent out astronauts to space for a couple a couple weeks or months and they came back and they actually couldn't lift themselves out of their seat on the on the spacecraft and they had to get people to carry them mm. back to the earth um, and they did tons of testing to figure out why when they went out to um, out of the the stratosphere why um, why you know their I think it was their bone density decreased and they had whack of problems and they're trying to figure out the root to why that was going on and they figured out that the main problem for them was that it was because they're away from the earth's magnetic field for such a great period of time um and so it actually caused their body to totally just kind of decrease and, and shrivel and whatever i forget what else was happening so that's when um uh, pemf actually was developed it was originally for for nasa and for astronauts uh, PEMF is pulsed electromagnetic field therapy is what's our main modality that we use here at Soul7. Yeah. Um, and, and what it is, it's just sending really specific frequencies into the body, um, whether that be the frequency of the earth or other, other frequencies that we can um, use now um, to get the body back into a state of coherence and balance. Um, so, you know, we, we tell all of our clients, Bob likes to say it, you know, his favorite place is going up to Algonquin. You know, you don't, you know, not necessarily need um, the technology, the frequency. I mean, it helps and it's amazing. But even just going barefoot on the, on the grass for, you know, an, an, a couple minutes to an hour a day, especially if you're in you know, severe pain um, or really any, any problem, brain, fro- brain fog's a big one, um, anxiety, depression, um, you know, the more time you spend out in nature, the, the less you'll see your symptoms. So they'll start magically um, decreasing, and it's really not all that magical. It's it's really just, you know, one of the main reasons is connecting with that magnetic frequency. Mm, it's amazing, and I feel it as well just when I'm in a beautiful park and appreciating the trees because they're giving off a frequency as well, mm-hmm. which when we go to the ocean, when I swim in the ocean, I feel amazing, and it's the same reason you're absorbing that 7.83 hertz the the Schumann resin 
so many ways to do it. And if you don't have that connection with nature, it's very easy to, to just feel off. Um, yeah. And yeah, this, if you can combine all of it, the canoe trip, the earthing, the beach or the, the nature, it's, you're going to get all the more benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely when uh, I know it is when, which I learned from my client, when the, when the earth is um, after a rainfall, so when the, the grass is a little damp, it's actually the best time to go because the water acts as a conductor. Wow. Um, and you'll actually receive um, almost twice the amount of benefits um, if go. you're earthing with with um, with a damp ground. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll yeah. Make sure I'm out and barefoot in the grass next right? time it rains. Right. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Or on the, or on the sand on the beach is amazing because it's you know, you're of getting course. there too. Of course. Yeah. So I guess maybe we can give people a bit of a background because at Soul Seven. I think well, the first time I saw the technology here, I was blown away mm -hmm. and I'd never seen anything like this before. Uh, frequency, um, some really amazing looking fancy devices, mm -hmm. but all they're doing is trying to get our body back into a state of just balance, which yeah. naturally it's, it's already at. We just get thrown off from this balance through emotional things, external factors. Mm -hmm. You mentioned PEMF. That's... Mm -hmm. um, pulse electromagnetic field therapy that most of the technology uses. Mm -hmm. how, how can this be used in a healing context and how have you seen some of the clients that you work with benefit from mm -hmm. some of this technology? Yeah, PEMF is, is incredible. I've been quite bewildered by the effects. Um, that being said, the a main thing with using frequency therapy, some people respond great. Um, some people, yeah, it's okay, you know, and everything in between. Um, so a really a big thing that I've learned is it really depends on the client. Um, some people will say it depends on how open they are to the therapy. And mm -hmm. I think that has a major, um, you know, effect is if they're open and they're, you know, accepting that this works, then it will probably work better. Um, which, you know, the whole mind body connection or, you know, sometimes it might, it might be maybe biological too. I don't know. <laughs> um, but definitely some people respond much better than others um, that I have seen, um, incredible effects. Um, I have had um, clients who have avoided major surgeries. Um, we have lots of cancer-free clients now, which is really amazing. Yes. Um, and uh, lots of clients that's helping immensely with pain, with arthritis, um, with knee problems, with digestive issues. Um, and what all that it, we're doing is we're we're finding out first the root of what's going on with. Um, their problems. So why are they experiencing the pain? You know, is it, you know, Bob thinks it, it comes always from an emotional um, issue or problem. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. it might be a combination of a couple things just going on. It doesn't always have to lead to that, but sure. Um, but we always are looking at, um, you know, why are you experiencing this? You know, what's it, what's it stemming from? Um, and from there we can, we can use frequency to send um, really specific vibrations into the body. Um, either, you know, let's say they're they're dealing with um, fatty liver. I have a couple clients who have some fatty liver, and so we're sending very specific frequency right into the liver. Um, all the organs in our body are operating at you know very specific range of frequencies, and when they're when they're not healthy, they're going to be either a little bit above or a little bit below that that healthy range. So all we're doing is we're sending that range back into those cells and those cells have been pre-programmed to operate at that frequency. So they'll connect with that frequency and eventually um, after, you know, a couple of sessions, depending on the severity of the issue and, and how chronic it's been and what, you know, in the client themselves, um, you will get results and the, all, you know, the, eventually they won't have fatty liver um, or all these, you know, whatever other types of health issues they're coming in with. Um, definitely 100%, you know, having that, that mindfulness involved and, and awareness that is really key also. And, you know, if they're sitting there thinking, which I've had clients before, like, you know, this is stupid. What am, what am I doing? I hate this. I'm in pain. Fuck this. Whatever. Uh, you know, probably not going to work so great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if they're sitting there, you know, sending healing energy into their bodies or connecting deeper in the breath, um, they'll see results, you know, their results will increase monumentally. Um, so, you know, it depends on the client and I'll always recommend it. Um, 
not always necessary, you know, but it definitely mm. helps. It definitely yeah, helps. it's it's a, a very interesting modality uh, for EPT. And since I started working here, I have learned so much about the different healing modalities that are out there. Mm. And, and you've practiced a lot of them, uh, which is why I'm so fascinated in learning about this. Uh, what do you? What would you say that one of the biggest misconception is around healing and energy medicine uh, and these? types of ways of treating conditions because people come in with skepticism and doubt um and like you said they're the ones that sometimes don't necessarily see the results straight away mm. uh how do you see people how do you see us dealing with this kind of skepticism and doubt and how do you see the future of alternative medicine and energy healing going forward yeah i mean i i think a lot of people think that frequency medicine is pseudoscience which is very incorrect i mean it came from nasa research um and is widely used all over the world now um whether that be in the states um you know it's listed in a lot of insurance plans and all over especially eastern europe um in doctor's offices um you know i know there's a very popular in australia as Mm -hmm. well um and so i think a big misconception is that it is it's pseudoscience and it's you know it's doesn't you know it's what is this like magic you know something um and so i think uh, a lot of times a lot of what our job is is to educate our clients on on what frequency energy uh, frequency medicine is and everything that we're using at soul seven has been scientifically proven you know hundreds and thousands of double blind placebo testing and 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 used um and, and and recommended by doctors all over the world um so a lot of it is just educating our clients and 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 helping them understand um the history of of frequency medicine and pemf and and also how it works you know on just a really basic level and it will help them you know trust it more um in in north america we're very um analytical and 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 we like to understand the science of things before we can trust it um and that's just how you know we're raised and a lot of us and and how our society um accepts it accepts things um i'm no exception i'm i can be very scientific and i love that part of myself um and it's fascinating you know really getting to understand like how this works you know and 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 making sure that it works you know (laughs) after hundreds and thousands of, of tests um so yeah. yeah yeah do you think it's this combination of science and spirituality uh you know we can go into the quantum physics behind all this stuff but i obviously don't th- i don't think it's necessarily to know all of that but we've been exposed to a lot of it through the work that we do here uh that side of energy healing i mean the quote that we have on our shirts that we wear right now from tesla is if you want to understand the secrets of the universe think in terms of energy frequency and vibration mm-hmm. What does that quote mean to you? And do you think it's important for people to start to see the world in that aspect? Because clearly there's a science behind it. Mm. Um, What what does this quote mean to you? For me, it's it's a pretty special quote because I'm, you know, as I said, I've always been obsessed with with looking at energy and and understanding, you know, I'm not saying that's physics person, but (laughs) understanding it on a really basic level. And I... I, from what I, I do know, you know, everything is energy. Um, and basically all Tesla was saying is that if we, if we actually just focus on how energy works, we can understand how everything works because everything is made up of energy and it's just looking at, at you know, the, what, what everything is made up of. Um, at the most basic level, we can understand how life works, how our bodies work, how, how the earth revolves, how it moves um it's it's yeah that's what it means to me pretty much it's just you know if you want to you want to really understand how things work look at the energy of it yeah and i i don't i don't know if it's i wouldn't say it's important for everyone to look at the world this way everyone has their own unique you know lens of looking at things but i do think in terms of um in terms of medicine it's very important to be starting to look be looking at the body in terms of energy and, and a little bit you know we're, we're very um chemistry based over here um you know the way we our treatment 
Um, our tests are all based on um, biochemistry, which is great. Um, but I think we need, we're, we're starting and, you know, we're, we've seen, we have, you know, some incredible instruments already like MRIs and um, ECGs and whatnot that are start, you know, that are energy-based and frequency-based. But I think we're going to start seeing more and more of that in terms of treatment as well. Yeah, through and through this knowledge and information, this understanding that you have as a practitioner, you're then able to heal people on an energetic level through either use the use of the technology or things like Reiki, which is what you do as well. Uh, but then I guess the mission with Soul Seven is is helping people understand that awareness piece, and and that's the piece where people get access to their ability to heal themselves. Mm. So you be healed by energy healing and all these modalities but the minute people understand that they have their own healing energy within and helping people connect with that which is the mission here they no longer need these modalities or need to rely on them how important do you think this awareness piece is to this field of work that we do and how do you help someone uncover that yeah i mean i mean it's huge you know it's it's kind of like that piece of the puzzle that I was saying at the beginning, you know, when I first went to my naturopath and it was, she was giving me the power back by giving, you know, educating me about how my body worked. It's the same thing with, with awareness. You know, it's, it's that giving that power back to the client or the patient that it's, they have the power to heal themselves. You know, it's, it really is their, their willingness to want to heal themselves and their openness to accept what comes. And, and that's what healing is. Um, and, and, and what's really amazing is that by using these modalities, by using frequency, by earthing, um, even, you know, sometimes with, with pharmaceuticals, it doesn't matter because it's, it's helping you get into that state of coherence so that you will start, you'll start putting little pieces together of your puzzle um, and creating that awareness of what's really going on here mm -hmm. and you'll slowly you know as you continue on the healing journey you start really seeing things unravel um like you get deeper and deeper into the core of what's going on um and that's you know that's what the awareness bit is and it will you know everyone will tap into that you know no i don't think there's anyone on the planet who's never tapped into yeah. some kind of an awareness even if it's just for a second you know of just being aware of themselves and oh yes. my god this is why this happened and this is happening and this is how i feel or this might be what's going on a lot of us might ignore to listen to that and follow it um which is a whole other story um which you know and what bob talks about it's you know it's following you know it's the leap of faith and, and, and that trust to follow that awareness um and trust it which is the hardest part i think um, we all get these little insights all the time, but do we follow and trust them all the time? Probably not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I guess we, we use the term awareness, but we could substitute that for consciousness, um, presence, energy, God, mm -hmm. higher, higher purpose. They're yeah. all just a connection with um, the formless one energy that connects us to everyone and everything. Right. And it doesn't matter how you establish that connection. Um, but once you do, I think, for me, one of the biggest misconceptions I had around energy and healing was I thought on a physical level I didn't have anything to heal. Mm. But I soon realized that we all have things to heal. We're all on a healing journey, whether that be emotional, physical, mental. And the minute we acknowledge that, I think that's when fun starts to happen <laughs> you begin to do the inner work and it's not easy i think that's one thing that people that's why it's, it's it's taking a long time for people to start to engage in these kind of modalities and engage in this kind of field of work because it takes a lot of courage yeah. and sometimes it's not going to be easy but the minute someone's ready to do the work begin this journey you get access to amazing things and, and physical healing is one is just one of them. Um, you know, for me, I've just noticed amazing things start to attract into my life when I chose to, to follow, follow where my heart was taking me. 
And that, and that, that is my healing journey, continuously following where my heart wants to go. Um, so I guess for you, where do you see, see your healing journey taking you? And I guess this ties back into some of the work that you do outside of Soul 7 as well. I know you have your own Reiki uh, like side business as well. Uh, you have a Facebook group, uh, Conscious TO. I, I want to get you some information on that because it's really cool what you're doing there. Where do you see the future uh, for you taking you in this in this field of work that you're in? Yeah, that's a that's a great question that I'm probably asking myself every day right now because <laughs> I I don't I don't know I have I'm not quite clear yet where where this is taking me I'm just kind of allowing the process to you know slowly get little tidbits of information mm. every day and um, you know doing my best to make of you know make of whatever comes. Um, but I'm, you know, I've also been on a path of following my my heart and my higher self, and 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 trusting. And and, and my mantra has been for the last couple of years is, you know, how can I um, serve best? Um, and that's what I've been following. What can I do to serve the earth best? And in my, you know, what you know, gifts I've come here with, and and how I can best best serve. And that's it. And that's what I've been following. And we'll hopefully continue to follow in, in the future. Yeah, amazing. I think, I think you've nailed it. We don't, we, too many times, too often, especially me, we like to know, wow, like, you know, I'm going to do a degree in this and then I'm going to get a job here. We Brutal. love it's, yeah, it's <laughs> just it the, the, it's the mind trying to keep us safe, right? <laughs> keep us it, it, safe and secure because we know what's going to happen in the future. But like, like, that's such a great answer. And I think it's the best because how good is it not knowing? Mm-hmm. Like I'd hate to know where I'm going to be in a year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's the beauty of living from a heart-centered uh, worldview is you don't know where you're going to be, but you know you're on the right path because you just keep in alignment with this universal energy that's pulling you along. Yeah. I think it's super cool. Yeah. And you started a group on Facebook, Conscious TO. Yeah. Has about two, just yeah, under 2,000. 2000. Two thousand like members. Maybe a little less. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you started. Why did you start that? And and what <laughs> what is this group about? Um, well, I started Conscious To um, probably about maybe four years ago. Um, it was when I first moved back to Toronto after my year of traveling and and diving deeper into my spirituality. And I I didn't know anyone here, and I was just looking for other people who I could connect with with all these crazy things that had gone on in my life and I needed some I wanted I was looking for support and and for people to connect with who had similar experiences um so I started the group Conscious TO to connect like-minded people so that we can share events and um workshops um conversations and and just kind of um support each other and then keeping that movement alive of, of people who are on a uh, spiritual path and are connecting um, to um, maybe just a, a bit of a different space than the average Joe walking around Toronto. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I'm starting to notice, I don't know about you, but just around the world, there are more people now starting to wake up. I guess that's the term we've been using. Wait, everyone's starting to wake up a little yeah. bit and it's great to see social media uh, bringing together like-minded people and there's a shift that's happening and I'm excited because I think we're, we're a part of it. As millennials, we are at the forefront of this big universal shift that's happening and if we can serve and be a part of that, I think we're always going to head in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and I want to ask you, for someone who's listening and they're just starting to wake up or they're just starting to tune into their own inner world or their own energy. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to take, accelerate this process of understanding themselves, their energy, how to manage their energy, mm-hmm. what to do when sometimes if they've got anxiety or their mind's racing or they're just, they're just not, they're feeling off, their energy's down. What things do you do and what, I guess, what advice would you give to someone else? I think my... The thing I would say first, which I I get when you're in that place, it's a hard thing to understand or believe, but I think asking for what you need. 
um, you know, and, and asking with your body, you know, really tuning into what do I need right now um, and feeling that. What, what is that that you need right now? Um, and taking a moment just to connect with yourself um, in that space of what you want to bring into your life. And that will have a pretty amazing chain reaction of events will happen. So you don't always need to um, do anything else other than that of just kind of being aware of what, you're, what, you, what you really need um, and, ask, and not being afraid to ask for it from, from the universe um, or yourself, you know, whatever you believe in, because it will come <laughs> if you ask. So be careful what you ask for. <laughs> really careful, but also don't be afraid to ask what you need because it will come. Yeah, I get setting an intention. I mm-hmm. not enough people do that. Well, something I never did mm-hmm. was every morning just set an intention for what you want to get out of the day. Yeah, uh, and that in and itself is sending an energy out to the, to the universe. Totally, your intent is energy, and that's I guess goes back to your modality through Reiki. It's intention and attention, mm-hmm. and that is energy, mm-hmm. and we have control of that. That's our power that we have. Mm-hmm. where to direct this energy throughout our focused intent and just writing intentions down every day can actually have a really powerful impact 100%. yeah and i guess that's what goal setting is in a sense mm-hmm. totally but goal setting i guess has a limitation because it's you're constantly chasing something yeah. whereas an intention is something that you can put out without being attached to any sort of outcome yeah i um, think that's key right there too mm. Not being attached to the outcome or when the outcome will come. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes it will take a couple weeks or a couple months. One of my favorite quotes is, infinite mm. patience produces immediate results. Mm, beautiful. And the minute you live from that perspective, there is, there is no rush. We've already made it to where whatever destination we're trying to reach, mm-hmm. the journey and the goal are the same. Mm-hmm. So when you live from that perspective of, I can wait as long as I need to. Yeah. And keep setting intentions. Yeah. They just start to appear. Things start to appear in your life that you go, oh wow, that's. I remember when I asked for that. Mm-hmm. And that's super cool. Well, Beck, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you over the past 10 months. And I'm learning every single day. I'm even learning in this conversation. So it's, yeah. been, it's been great to yeah, be able to exchange energy. So uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks. Until next time. Yeah. Wow, look at you. You've listened to the whole episode. Amazing. You're an amazing person. You're actually inspiring me a lot by the conscious work that you're doing now. So I want you to put your name down and your email list so I can keep in contact and let you know when new episodes are coming out, anything I'm discovering or any future events that are happening. Uh, I want to stay in contact. So uh, below this page, chuck in your email address and your name and I can add you to the list. So until the next episode, bye for now.